welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, February 19th, 2017. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey. I thank everybody for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in area code 724-444-7444. The TalkCast ID is 75570. You can also join us on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Or in Shores Cave on Second Life, where we stream the recording session. Uh, if you're in Second Life, you can add your comments using the text chat, um, not voice because I can't hear you. If you're listening on Stitcher.com, Red State Talk Radio, Lanterns Radio Network, <coughs> excuse me, or your favorite podcast player, uh, you can send comments via email to conservativepodcast at gmail.com or post them on our Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash front porch political talk. Now, tonight's episode is number... 98. Um, I will refrain from bringing in the uh, the music that would make most people start poking a screwdriver in their ear, but I will say let it go. Um, that's what a lot of people are actually saying uh, based on a new survey that is uh, that was just released. Um, it's been a month since the inauguration. Uh, many Americans are ready for the infighting to end or the outfighting or the stalling for swearing or swearing at or being sworn at um a lot of people are, are or at least at least stop stop mooning us and pull their freaking pants back up yeah that too yeah um nobody wants to wants to be driving down a the road majority of americans at 65 miles an hour cooperate with president trump to um, deals according getting mooned yeah getting mooned uh so uh, and of course, I, I, I know I know that was crude, but I think it's it's an appropriate metaphor to be used when describing what's happening in Washington right now. Exactly, it is, and it's not just happening by, um, it's it's not just you know the it's far not, left that's doing it. It's not just the Democrats, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I you know. McCain was indeed a hero. He he still is in some sense, but he just needs to shut the heck up. You know, I just it's like he enjoys the sound of his own voice too much. Yeah. In other news, he's a politician. That too. That yep. too. Just a second. Anyhow, there was. I'm glad I got that off my chest. I'll sleep better now. Good. You keep going, Hat. Good. So, so I I open the the. Our, the show tonight, not with a human interest story, but with a poll. A strong majority of Americans say Democrats should look to cooperate with President Trump to strike deals, according to the inaugural Harvard-Harris poll exclusively provided exclusively by The Hill. The survey found that th that 73% of voters wanted to see Democrats work with the president, against only 27% who said Democrats should resist Trump's every move. The findings are significant as Democratic leaders in Congress are under growing pressure by their liberal base to obstruct the president's agenda. The poll shows the party is divided on how to deal with Trump. 
52% of Democrats polled say they should cooperate with him on areas of agreement, and 48% saying they shouldn't. Those figures are nearly identical when the question is flipped. 68% of those polled say that Trump should be willing to compromise and find ways to work with Democrats. 32% say, said Trump shouldn't bend at all. Republicans are similarly divided here, with 48% wanting to compromise and 52% saying Trump should be unwavering. So, one quarter of those polled, if we want to look at it a different way, are saying, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. I love that phrase. That is my favorite phrase. I don't know why. Um, You're starting to use it every show. I am. <laughs> because that's what he's doing. That's literally, I mean, when you look at, did anybody watch the nearly 80-minute press conference that President Trump did? I did. No, but I've heard the uh, analysis of it. Okay. So I, I want to want to do something kind of interesting here. Toa, I want you to give me just, just one takeaway from the analysis, and then Larry... I, I said I, heard, I can't remember any of it. <laughs> can't remember any of it. Because there's so it much so of it. so thought-provoking. Because there's so much of it. I mean, honestly, I, I think he spent a good period of the time talking about how how well he won when nobody... Th when I tuned in, that's what I heard. That's the That's the section that I tuned in for as I was driving, and all I heard was, I got, you know, they said getting the nomination was impossible, and I got it. And they said getting 200 electoral votes was impossible, and I got them. 220 was a joke. 280 wasn't even going to happen. Breaking 300 was impossible, and I did it. I Actually, it's funny that is, that uh, jogged the memory, that is a bit of the analysis that I heard from... Uh on uh, Jason Stapleton, and he pointed out that then Trump claimed that that was the greatest electoral landslide since Reagan, and a and another uh, one of the press immediately pointed out actually no Bush one had a bigger one than that, and the the takeaway was like maybe Trump shouldn't make these grandiose uh, claims that are so incredibly easy to debunk, and instead actually think about what he's saying. Yeah, but that was Actually, what that, we had. What we had was ninety minutes of Trump going nan nanny boop. I beat you, and CNN. You're not. You're no longer fake news. You're very fake news. And the other, the other bit, uh, and I, I agree with him on this, is that for all the people that were saying uh, how narcissistic Obama is, and he is, that Trump is ten times that. I'm biting my tongue over here. I really when am. You are, when, you, when you guys are done, I would like to share my analysis of the analysis, but I'm not ready to jump mean, into go, this. Go, go ahead. Go ahead, self, because otherwise I'm going to get myself in trouble. Go, go okay. ahead, because otherwise I'm going to get myself in trouble, and Some, I don't want to do that. Something I think very useful came out of all this. Number one, the I think, Trump is a rather savvy, clever guy, and his buffoonery is an act. Uh, he enjoys the act, so it's kind of hard to tell the difference. So he decided he was going to beat the hoo-hoo out, out of the news media at this press conference, and he did that very effectively. He did it so effectively that he enraged even people like Chris Wallace, and um, because Chris Wallace forgot the fact that 
indeed, a, a large percentage of the media just lies like a rug. It, I mean, they made Trump look like George Washington, chopping down a cherry tree. Uh, they, they can't be trusted. Now, Chris Wallace, in the end, said something, and McCain said something, too, that I think is worth remembering. No matter how bad, no matter how much they lie, no matter how untrustworthy they are, a completely unfettered free press is essential to freedom. Now, we can, we can pressure them to start telling the truth. We can uh, pressure them to stop making up stuff and all of that. But we can't do anything to compel them. We, we, we need the, a press completely free of constraints that we, the people, would impose on them. I hate them. I hate people who wear press badges. I despise them because they are obnoxious people. Uh, they really think they have a right from God to stand in front of everybody else and spoil our view. But I do agree that even as distasteful as they are, they are an essential aspect of democracy, and we shouldn't mess with them. That's what I got out of the analysis. Out of the analysis or out of the speech? Uh, well, I told you what I got out of the speech. Yeah. He went out there to throw rocks at the press, and he did a pretty good job of it. And yeah. and most of it, the people who loved him loved it. Well, and the people who hate him hate it. Let me ask you and, a question. And the, the press, the thinking press, got enraged. The non-thinking press got apoplectic. Let me ask this question. Um, yes, sir. Is the right to, you know, is, is the freedom of the press the right to be able to report unfettered and be able to present in whatever medium you you pay to create content for? Or is it the right to force somebody to answer your question? Or All even the, the right to be able to ask All the, the question? All of the above. Absolutely free and unfettered because if you if you implement any tools to to limit them, those tools will fall into the hand of a dictator, and he will use them to shut down the free the true free press. The, the existence of tools to limit what the free press can say is a death sentence to democracy because you can't trust the government to use them properly. Okay. Let me let me phrase my question a different way. Somebody stands I'm up. Answer if, no, you're not. Somebody stands up and asks the question: When was the last time? When did you quit beating your wife? What is your answer to that? Moo. I and, and see. And, and, and there's the there's the point. There's the point. It's not. But you aren't a news person. I no. I said if somebody from you the media punching a, you punch in the nose. But if you put a press tag on your hat, I would despise you every single one of us could have registered to be at cpac this week uh, for for this upcoming cpac we all could have had press passes on so it's yes not... i think it's actually it's actually a little dangerous to operate in this mindset that you have to have a press pass to be press the idea that that you have to have some sort of official recognition that you are press and the the fact or the idea that you would have to have this is in fact uh, the this exact the exact thing that you're saying you're afraid of is if you're 
if you have to have some sort of official sanction for being press, then they just get to decide, well, this person is press and this person I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm using using that to minimize words. Okay, but my point is... It's very closely related to freedom of speech. There are two points... That's fine, just as long as as that's clarified. Okay, there are two points that I I was trying to make here. Hold on, Joseph. There are two points that I was trying to make here. One, there are times when legitimate... First of all, the the first point is, is that technically we're press because we create a media product on this podcast. Commentators, though we are, we, we create syndicated content. That's why I have to edit in some time. Charlie said just the same thing on on Second Life, and I agree with that. So so back to the question, though. There are times when defendants can claim the fifth, plead the fifth, when they are on trial or when they are under scrutiny. There are times when the answer is no comment. Trump has not said no comment. He's gone out and called them names. Which I'm beginning he, to believe he's is the hell out of him. It, that's that's his way of ants dealing with him. What's wrong with that? No, nothing. He's winning. There's he's nothing winning. wrong with it. The problem is, is that there is a narrative now that because Trump is not answering their questions and is in inter- and, and is instead attacking their their methods or their message or their presentation, that he is shutting them down and creating some kind of 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 blockage of the transparency of the press. But that's their fault. That's not his fault. Okay. All right. If, I... if, 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 if his rough treatment of them causes them to stop speaking, then they're stupid. They are failing in their duty as a free press because it's just his words. There are no laws. There are no threatened lashings. There are no threatened burnings at the stake. Exactly. All he is doing is calling them names. Exactly. And, and and they're talking like he's going to shut down the free press. No, he can't. He can't do that in the United States. Thank you. He can just hold them up to scorn, which is what they do to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's... Better... Go ahead. I recall a similar narrative coming out when there was the, the talk about moving moving the uh, the press. Oh, the press corps office. What the... Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying, "Oh, this is this is him shutting down the media." As I like, know, this is him moving it to a place that had four times as much space. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they, better bathrooms. They yeah, better bathrooms. Um, yeah, they are upset because they are no longer the they they are no longer where they get you know the the presidential seal. On they everything that they feed, write, they don't. They're getting negative feedback, and they got became accustomed to not getting negative feedback. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem. What's changed is they're 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 get it, what when they do something unsupportable, it's get getting thrown back in their face, and they're having to defend their immortal words, and 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 they resent that. Yep. Being a free press does not mean that you can speak without response. It doesn't mean that you get to say whatever you want without it being rebutted if you said crap. And and Trump calls everything that disagrees with him crap, and he has the right to do that. And they got a right to keep saying crap because this is the way it works in a free democracy. Yep. Yep. 
So now I'm glad we covered that. Yeah, and 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 the interesting thing is, is that that kind of covers both the first and the second article, um, because the second article is is talking about Trump versus the media or the media versus Trump. Each side makes the case for why the opposing party should be severely criticized for words, actions, and demeanor. Quite often, they're both right. Um, the press conference this week brought brought the strong feud between the two parties to the surface in a very ex- accessible to the public way. It is true that President Trump often acts erratic and unfocused when speaking and discussing policy. It is also true that the media is quick to find fault with everything he says and does. They could hardly be considered unbiased. What can we glean from the incessant, incessant battle that will rage on for at least the next four years? One, it is good and necessary thing that the mainstream media be, is being shaken up. This needs to happen more often. Two, voters are reminded that elections have consequences. This needs to happen more often. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's a great article. I, I, I wish I could have said it that well myself. Yeah, so. I mean, it, the worst possible situation is when the press and the government are having a love affair where they don't challenge each other. I think it's called the Obama administration, among others. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we saw eight years of what that looks like, and it really sucked. Yeah, it, well, we had years of a complicit administration and a complicit media who did and said everything the administration wanted. Now you have and a, a poll every every time the administration okay, exactly. spoke. And it doesn't matter how many lies came out of the administration's mouth; they were going to still report this as gospel truth. Now you you finally have a president who is willing to exercise one his First Amendment rights, while challenging the press, which also have that First Amendment right. Yeah. Now, he may deflect the questions, he may throw stones at the questionnaires, but nevertheless, he is, he is exercising the same First Amendment in which these people are swearing by. And it's yep. refreshing. It's very refreshing. Because during the Bush administration, Bush just took it. During the Obama administration, they were in bed with them. During Clinton, the same thing. They were in bed with them. Now we finally have a president, and I haven't seen this since Reagan. Reagan went after the press. Just after look at his changes with Sam Donaldson. You see, what I saw in that press conference was very Reagan-esque. Because he knew how to play the media like a fiddle. And it was laughable. The media looked like asses up there. And I loved every second of it. I'm looking forward to the next eight years of this. To be honest with you, the, the lady what? from the, the Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she, she walked out of there smeared in her own crap. Yeah, poor baby. Yeah. Actually, I want to see this happen every week. You mm-hmm. have a big gathering in, in the East Room of the White House. You have um, 90 minutes of Donald Trump doing stand-up and poking fun at the. Um, the buffoons that are asking him questions. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think his uh, his gain on that is dialed a little too high, as was also pointed out in that analysis that I was talking about. That's in that, I, uh, I there remember was a, reading that. Yeah, the, uh, the um, I don't remember what the name of the newspaper was, but there was like a, a Jewish newspaper reporter, a reporter for a Jewish newspaper. Orthodox. Who, yeah. 
who was asking about anti-Semitism, and it's like, there's a rise of anti-Semitism, which there is, if you look at, at what's going on around us. And Trump immediately took it as him implying that Trump was anti-Semitic, despite the fact that he, the reporter, specifically said, no, that's not what I'm... Or he tried to frame the question to say, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yep. I saw that guy being interviewed on Fox, and every intimation by the person interviewing him that somehow Trump had maligned him, he spit back in the guy's face. He said, that's not true. I've known Donald for a long, long time. We're very good friends. And we kid back and forth like that all the time. And he repeated that several times. He says, I'm from New York, and Donald is from New York, and I understand him, and he understands me. And I probably started off using the wrong words, and he mistook it. And uh, he had every right to tell me to sit down. Now, that's a okay, side well, I mean, if, Now, I, I, I didn't uh, see this, that, this, so if that's, this is that's the case. This is what the but, guy said. I, I yeah. would not have understood any of it without seeing him say what he said. But that being said, it was still, like, the, the content of the question was still valid, and it still didn't get answered. Well, it's it, it's still valid and didn't get answered. Jackson, Second Life, pointed out that said, said it's because the reporter was going on and on, he didn't ask a quick, a quick direct question. And that kind of ties in with something that I, that I've kind of recognized in our new president and that is he is an executive from the traditional corporate um, definition and and they want an executive summary when you go to do a presentation you you provide them with a bullet point of the high points that are going to make the the most sense in the most condensed amount of time that is an executive summary very very short preamble the very short preamble, because by the time you get to your second page of your presentation, they're already thinking about the next problem. And, and the, you know, the, the, the press, again, in that press conference, going back to Helen Thomas's days, has become used to making a long speech from which somehow, like picking fly crap out of pepper, you got to find the question buried in there within the confines of that long speech that... that that never mind. Yeah, <laughs> my tongue broke. Out of time. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. No. It, it. And 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 suddenly they got a guy who won't tolerate that. Get the question out. Spit it out. And then we can have a lot more questions to talk. Yeah. I mean the 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 previous people. The longer the guy spoke, the better because that meant the fewer questions he had to be confronted with. And and Trump just doesn't deal with that. You don't get to do that. Yeah. And, and and I, I when I watched it, that's more what I thought was happening. The guy was using so much time trying to formulate his question, his his preamble was interminable. Yeah. That finally Trump told him to shut up and sit down. And you know, the, it added to the fact that they've known each other for years. Uh, that add, added some for me some familiarity between the two, where they probably have told each other that on occasion. Yeah. But with, without that background on Fox, I, w- I never would have understood exactly what had happened there. Yeah. Okay, I want to move on um, to the next article, if we're done beating this one with the with the mm-hmm. Pippin Kane. So when, you know, as is usual, we during the election we heard 
um, celebrities coming out of the woodwork saying, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Canada. If, if, you know, if, if Hillary doesn't win, I'm going to Canada. If you know, so on and so forth. Well, turns out that there is a group of people that is, um, is making its way to Canada. Uh, only it's not the rich and famous. They've, uh, Canada has reported about a thousand refugee cases at this point of people that are seeking asylum in Canada coming through the U.S., um, more specifically coming across the uh, Quebec border. Um, uh, Quebec is dealing with Canada's largest increase in the number of asylum seekers crossing illegally into the country from the U.S., it is an increase that refugee lawyers are attributing to uncertainty over immigration policies in the U.S., which have become a hallmark of the young administration of President Donald Trump. There were 42 claims of asylum status filed last weekend alone at Quebec land borders, according to the Canada Border Services Agency. In January, 452 people claimed asylum at Quebec border crossings, a 230% increase from January 2016. And that may represent only half the total number of asylum seekers who entered last month if other ports of entry are included. So it's not individual... And, 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 there's, there's, there, and nobody's counting the number of people who just walk across the line someplace in North Dakota or Montana or Washington because it's not patrolled. Well, and these people are crossing in areas that are border but they're they're land border but they're patrolled exactly yeah um all you gotta do is look at the map and it's nice to cross in new york because you get all this assistance from the from the local folks in new york mm-hmm. uh you don't get a lot of assistance from the folks in montana but yeah. on the other hand if you get to montana all you do is walk across the border it's a yeah. big long border and there isn't a line drawn in the sand or in the snow. Or what? Or, or in, in the, the snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> More likely to be snow than sand, to be honest with you. Um, the interesting thing with this is that it's not, like I said, it's not the, you know, the celebrities. They, they're If they're going, they're going and crossing legally and, you know, probably just going to their winter homes. They um, never were going. They never were going because they would have lost huge piles of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Canada's taxation of extra wealth is a little more aggressive than ours. Oh, just a wee bit. Yeah, we're getting yeah we're we're getting ready for you know the, this this upcoming week is um is they call it winter break, it's midwinter break, um and uh, so our kids get a week off school here and then they get a week off of school for Easter break or spring break. I'm sorry. Um, and we're actually gonna we're gonna cross the border and go up to Toronto and go 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 play tourist for a few days. And I'm looking at the prices and it's like getting a hotel. I have to take two hundred dollars Canadian cash as a deposit to stay in a hotel room for two nights. Now I get that back supposedly, but I and, and that's just that's just getting a hotel room. You know, all the food's more expensive. Everything is is. I mean, good lord! A trip to the zoo is like thirty bucks. Uh, Can I point out that the Canadian nickel has a picture of um, the Queen of England on the front and a beaver on the back? Oh yeah, which kind of tells you a little bit about the humor of Canada. Well, given that their dollar coin is called the loonie, 
because it's got a picture of a Canadian loon. It's a coin. And they have a $2 coin that's called, not surprisingly, the Toonie. The Toonie, yeah. And, and their, their money is very colorful. It has some queens on it. And it's made of um, plastic. Yep. Back to the point. Sorry. The celebrity, celebrities were never going to Canada. They were talking through the back end of their horse. Yep. And it was anybody who took them seriously deserved to be to uh, try out for the Darwin Award because they were never going to go. The people who are in the country illegally uh, under worry because of what the new president is doing are are trying to get out. And I think the, the numbers are, that are moving across the border into Canada are far more than they're counting. And there's going to be more and more of that. I mean, you got to remember, these are the same people who want all the Syrians to come. Mm -hmm. They they really uh, are leaving themselves wide open to immigration. Well, yeah, but see, here's the thing. Frankly, I mean, if if somebody can get a truck ride from uh, El Paso to uh, Vancouver, God bless them. Actually, you know what? Every time I think about the the Canadians and, and taking the refugees... Canada's population dispersal is very much akin to, um, like, Australia or an island. It's all along the southern border. There's very very little. Once you get into the wilderness, they've got, they've got all this territory called the Northwest Territories. There you go. There's a heater, a generator, and a shed, or er, in a shack. And some toonies. You ever been up there? <laughs> um... Not for an it's only livable about three months but it's only livable about three months out of the year yeah I know <laughs> I know yet somehow the Inuit do it yeah they do oh well, <sighs> no the only celebrities that go to Canada are the ones filming movies because Canada does not have union rules for film crews but for Canada that is true yeah that's why that's why Michael Moore the great champion for union causes films most of his movies in Canada. Mm. So let's talk about licensure. Yeah, speaking of speaking of south of the border or close to south of the border, moving moving to much warmer climes. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's it, this particular article. The next one is is specifically about about Arizona, talking about it, but it impacts every state because licensing is a state thing, um, whether it be your driver's license or a professional license of some kind. Um, but in Arizona specifically, and, and the art, the headline, and I'll go ahead and say it now, it's not the state of Arizona specifically that is punishing compassion. It is the Arizona cosmetology. Where is that? What is it called? The Arizona State Board of Cosmetology. Um which is which is a which is a, an organization created by statute. Okay, true. true. I mean, it's and that's pretty much true everywhere. Mm. But Louisiana, we had this conversation about mortuaries, and in Louisiana, there was this really egregious circumstance. And but in fact, it you know it was a law in Louisiana that a bunch of legislators got paid off. To, to pass a long time ago, and and even though they were caught with their pants hanging down, 
they refused to change the law. Am I right? Yep. Joseph? Are you there, Joseph? Yeah. I expect that law is... Yes, you're absolutely right. Can I also okay. mention, in the 19th century, how many of our American presidents were lawyers? And how many of them were either self-taught or they were an apprentice at one time? And how about had the, no pres formal, the presidents? The presidents. How many of them had no formal training in the law in a university? Now, you cannot practice law in any of the 50 states unless you, one, have a judicial doctorate and pass a bar exam. Now, the bar exam, the bar per state, is just a bunch of lawyers that got together and made a criteria for what it means to be a lawyer. So you can say that's, 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 that's actually not strictly true. There, there are some states, I know New Hampshire is one, in which under certain circumstances you can act as a lawyer for someone else without being in the bar. Yeah, or having passed that, a party. You could do that in every state. It's called pro se or you no, yourself. Where or... you can be a lawyer for someone else. Okay. You can be a you can be a lawyer for yourself anywhere at any time for the most part, as long as unless there's like a competency hearing. But in some states like New Hampshire you can under certain certain circumstances be a lawyer for someone else without having passed the bar. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Also, doctors. Now the doctors, they have a medical board license that is administered by the state and overseen by the AMA and other entities in this country. And the same thing with nurses. Many of your, your professional occupations, you need a license, which is given by the state. Does that let's, make it let's, right? Let's look at some of the censure. In that article, it talked about the catastrophe of a bad haircut which, uh, it, frankly, uh, is rather minimal. I mean, I, needing another haircut in two or three weeks is not the end of anything. On the other hand, being served by a bad lawyer could, could cause you a lot of grief, but it's, in, at least theoretically, it's fixable grief. Yeah. You can get a better lawyer, and he can get you out of whatever jam you were in, and he might even do it pro bono because he's embarrassed about what his brother-in-law did. Yeah. On the other hand, a doctor who screws up, very frequently their mistakes aren't fixable at all because they're buried. So I, I think that you cannot equate licensing a barber with licensing a doctor. No, you can't. There's a substantial difference. You, you can't. No. Now, I have to, I have to before, I, but before, before I move too much further, I have to to tell this bad joke because otherwise it's going to bounce around my head for the rest of the night. What do you call the man, the person that graduated the last in their class from medical school? President. Doctor. The doctor. You call him doctor. Call what do you doctor. call what do you call call someone who graduated the last in their class from law school? Lawyer. Senator. Oh. <laughs> Even so, better. Saw that coming. So that's it. <laughs> or in some right. cases, Your Honor. Um Especially when it comes to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Okay, back to Arizona. So Juan Carlos uh, Monodosca was a cosmetology student, had not graduated, um, and the Regency Beauty School in Tucson, Arizona had shuttered its doors. As a former homeless man, he knew knows the, that homeless often go months without receiving a basic haircut. So he decided to set up free haircuts to the homeless at Tucson's Santa Rita Park for several months. 
Unfortunately for for him and his clientele, the Arizona State Board of Cosmetology caught wind of his charitable deeds and opened an investigation. As it turns out, practicing cosmetology without a license is a crime. Since the invention of clippers, parents have cut their children's hair without the supervision of the nanny state, and the children have lived to tell about it. Um, yeah, so basically... What they what they're saying is is because because you don't have a cosmetology license you cannot cut somebody else's hair you know it's kind of like the the household rule yes your mom can take a bowl and a pair of scissors and put it over your head and go snip 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 but he was neither their mom nor did he have a bowl or a pair of scissors take note of the fact that the statute defined that as a crime yes I mean that's an important thing it's a crime to give a bad haircut yeah no it's not it's a crime to be unlicensed and give a bad haircut. If yeah. you give a bad haircut and you or are a good licensed, one. yeah, that's that's true. It's a crime to give a good haircut if you're unlicensed. It's not a crime to give a bad haircut if you are licensed. Now, is that what yeah. happened? Ultimately, all my hair. The, the whole... Sorry, what? I don't have any hair left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Toa. Ultimately, the the whole thing is it's just about protectionism and cronyism. It's you look at. I know the example a few years ago was in Louisiana with uh, uh, flower arrangers, where you have to have a license to sell flowers, and there would be the, this long written test, and you have to pay a lot of money, and you'd have to do flower arrangements to be judged by a panel of existing license holders, or in other words, you have to you are asking direct permission from your future competition, so. Yeah, it, it's all about making sure the market stays small enough that the existing players can keep making a lot of money. Well, and, I, you know, That's I wonder, is. is that also the same thing as realtors? Because you don't have to be... Uh-huh. Uh, you, there's this thing called a realtor. And in order to be an actual R-E-A-L-T-O-R trademark, you have to take that exam and go through certain classes and I believe pay a, a license per year to maintain it but you don't have to be if i remember correctly you don't have to be a realtor to sell property actually i was looking into that this week i have a friend who is getting his realtor's license and i consider getting it myself it's a 90 it's a 90 hour class in louisiana you pay about fifteen hundred dollars for the class and the license itself is about eight hundred dollars which you must renew every year just to sell property in Louisiana, and if you don't Is have it, it you don't. You, if you don't have it, you're not basically in the good old boys club. Exactly. You don't have access to the yeah, lockbox codes or the special website or the the special handshake or yeah, yeah, and the secret decoder ring to get into the houses. Yeah, things like yeah. that. U- ultimately, it's it's about a controlling the competition and b making sure that some trade group somewhere gets a fat amount of cash every month or year, depending. Well, if you and that, that's the, the case for for pretty much all professional licensing, up to and including lawyers and doctors. Yeah, you can make an argument about whether or not it's really, maybe maybe it is really necessary for those, but make no mistake, the fact that you're controlling the competition and also getting paid a lot of money still plays into that quite a bit. It does. But it, there, there's some sense to it. The, the more severe the possible consequences, the more sense one can make out of it, I think. And there's always the exception. I can understand for doctors and lawyers and nurses 
those who actually have to deal with someone's livelihood or life itself. But as far as you have to have a license to give a haircut, it sounds asinine, and indeed it is. Because I could probably count on one hand the number of times I went to a licensed professional to get a haircut. I always had friends or family who cut my hair for me. And what what if what if the lawyer that you hired for your uh, the, the the selling or buying of a home screws up? Does the lawyer pay any consequences? Yes. And, and, and no, 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 yes. no. Yes. You got to buy title insurance. Okay. Larry, remind me to have the yeah. remind me to tell you a story off the air of how that is how that does happen. Long story. I don't well, want to I, get into it on the air. Okay. Yeah, I I got a story on my own. But anyhow, okay. most of the time, let's just say, most of the time, the lawyer goes away scot free. And if you did buy title insurance, then you have at least some recourse. So anyhow, anyhow, I have a question here. How many states do you need a license to sell a car? I don't think there's any state that you have to have a license to sell a car. Yet no. there are crooked car dealers all over this country. And there are lemon laws in place in, in certain states. But nevertheless, you still have these people who are freely operating as car salesmen. Oh, yeah. Even... Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and what's what's real interesting is is that when when I in New York go and go and look for a car, one of the things that I have to make sure of is that the title looks right and is valid, and it's not something that was picked up during you know one of the floods as a flooded out vehicle with a salvage title that was then had a clean title or had you know basically I've got to I've got to make sure that the VIN search is done to make sure that it never had a salvage title on it. Because those crooked dealers are hoping that people don't use services like Carfax to find out that that the the deal of a lifetime on a two thousand twelve doesn't turn out to be oh uh, yeah the entire thing was flooded out or was in a was in a major accident and had to have three quarters of the car rebuilt at a repair shop. Or was just old-fashioned stolen. Or it was just old-fashioned stolen. True. True. So, you know, we, we talked about the the cosmetologist, you know, that was doing a good deed and getting in trouble. Um, the next article talks about a group of individuals that were exercising their right to protest while their employer exercised his right to terminate. Um so there was this. They don't have. A, they don't have an ex, a right to to exer, exercise their right to protest while they're employed. Well, it, it, that's, that's, you know, it, it, there, there's a there's a lot of these protesters who would like that that uh, they can't they can't be blamed for missing a test. They can't be blamed for poor grades because they were busy out there protesting. Well, and, and and they really get angry when there are consequences. Yep, I I said they had a right to protest. I didn't say there weren't any consequences. <laughs> All right, you're right. the The Constitution affords a right to peaceable assembly and and airing of grievances. That is what they were doing. It doesn't mean that their employer can't oh. do their own thing. 
Excuse me. Gesundheit. Yeah. No. So, that was a, a nosebleed. Oh. So in, in Nashville, Tennessee, a total of 18 people were fired from a Tennessee business after joining the nationwide protest, quote, a day without immigrants. And and here starts my rant. And and this is this is very akin to what this is one of those things where you hear Trump talking about, you know, the fake news and the crooked media and all that. This is one of those things. So it has been said that Trump wants to remove illegal immigrants. Use the politically correct term, undocumented aliens. You know, he's he's talking about stopping immigration or visits from seven mainly mainly Muslim countries where terrorism is high. He's not he's talking, talking about he's talking about pausing in immigration. He is talking for about, three to four months until we get our crap together. Right. The he word is, is not, pausing, he not is, stopping. He is put. He is not saying that legal immigrants, people that have been here, gone through the system, have a green card, have a visa that is not expired. He's not talking about kicking them out of the country. He's not talking about mass roundups of people that are here legally. Now, immigration and immigration and customs enforcement has rounded up many, you know, in every state, I believe, individuals that have broken the law that are now here illegally. They were legal. They broke the law. Breaking the law breaks their terms of uh, of their green card or of their visa. So they are now also illegal, along with the people that were smuggled in or that, that crossed the border. So he's talking about rounding these people up and deporting them. He's talking about taking individuals that are not legal and removing them. It has nothing to do with people that are here legally and have not broken the law. His own wife falls into that category. So, my rant on this is that this whole a day without immigrants is an asinine misreading and and purposeful ignoring of what the actual intent and words have been. And it's being driven by people that, that that have their fingers in their ears playing the three-year-old, I can't hear you. Well, now these, these 17 people who celebrated a day without, a, without immigrants can celebrate a day without a job. And this should be an example to those who are stupid enough to believe the media hype. There is nothing that Trump has said or can do to deport legal American citizens. <coughs> Yet the media has is portraying this as Trump's getting rid of everyone who isn't who wasn't born in this country, or even if you were born in this country, if you're an anchor baby. We're going to send you back. That's what the media is trying to do. They're making victims out of people who should not be made victims. There are a whole host of Americans who came to this country to seek a better life. And those are the ones who are the hard-working people who, trying to, who are trying to make something of themselves. Now, those who are saying, well, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an immigrant, and he's going to deport me. No, he's not. He's not going to deport you. The media wants you to believe that they're gonna, he's going to deport you. 
because they see you as a victim. The Democrats are going, are going to go on television every other day saying that you, if you're an immigrant, he's going to deport you because they need victims. The media and the Democrat Party are in lockstep with one another with this situation. They need victims, and they saw some victims. Well, these 17 people are now victims. They're victims of the stupidity posed by the media and ushered by the Democrat Party. And hopefully they won't be able to get Social Security. I mean, I'm sorry. They won't be able to get unemployment. And they could all join George Soros' camp um, protest groups for $17 an hour. Yeah. And and one slight correction. It's supposed to remind you. It's yeah. It's eighteen, not seventeen, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Toa, do you want to do you want to voice what you just said in in chat in here? Yeah, my comment was the last president killed U.S. citizens without trial. I think some worry about what this president might do is justified, given that our system has deferred to executive power so much that, frankly. I mean, you can't say he's not going to do this, he's not going to do that. You might, you might say he hasn't said he's going to do this, but at this point, if, if Trump or any other president said, I'm going to do X, Y, or Z, realistically, how many people are actually going to stop him? Well, given, given I, what's I happened in has, the last I think it has been established. I think it has been established that when an American citizen becomes a member of uh, uh, and commits armed combat against the United States. They lose their citizenship, and they can get killed. Yeah, what about his son? What about his daughter? They were also killed in separate raids. They were were in the frickin' way, and they are collateral damage. That's That's not the president's fault. That's the guy's fault. Either that or the daughter and the son both picked up arms along with them. The daughter was he, he murdered he murdered defectors who were taking up arms against the United States. That's not that murder. That, that doesn't change defense. the fact that the president murdered U.S. citizens without trial. That should be of grave he's allowed, concern. He's allowed because they took up arms against us. Read they, the damn Constitution yourself. One of them, yeah. Okay, maybe you could justify that for one of them. The other two didn't. You and they were not just collateral damage. Can... One of them was specifically targeted. He, his son never did anything. He was still killed because they were afraid that he was going to go uh, Inigo Montoya on us. That's it. I just don't buy it. You, you, you harp on this and harp on this and harp on this as though we aren't allowed to kill our enemies. If a person takes up arms against the United States, they will get killed. They should get killed because we have that right. And if, and if there are other people who are showing signs of doing the same thing, then we, in times of duress, should have the right to protect ourselves. And you, you can justify killing them. anyone at any time, because someday well, they not, might... Then you, you always you just go in did. that direction. I made, a, I made a very specific point, and you immediately take that and want to apply it without limit. I did not do that. You did that. All right. Maybe I should change my name to Cassandra. That reference, I don't. I, I I'm sorry, I didn't get that reference, Toa. Uh, Greek Greek mythology. Cassandra was uh, gifted with the with the. Well, she was cursed with foresight. She was able to tell the future perfectly, but no one would ever believe her. Well, 
I, I will I will say this. He when when Obama started using drones, he told us he was using drones to take out to take out targets. The the list of targets was not a hidden thing. The they they, they lived thinking that they could avoid it. They died they knowing know they, they, they died. They don't know that the, the guy that they on the five dollar bill sent troops to kill American citizens. But the guy on the five dollar bill. He's on the penny also. Hell, the one dollar bill. No, no, the guy on the five dollar bill. He sent troops from the north. Hey, Anna, yeah, I know you're talking about Lincoln, and I'm talking about Washington. They both did it. Well, they all did it. Every president sends people to kill American citizens. It doesn't matter well, as apple pie. So, anyway, I, I think Washington I, and are kind of special because you got the Civil War and you got the Whiskey Rebellion. Yeah, and you also have the betterment of the whole. So, we're out of time. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I start worrying when you're when you start talking about the betterment of whole involving killing people. Well, you speak place and sound tonight, knowing that a terrorist will be knocking down your door. Certainly anyway. a higher chance of the government doing it. <clears throat> All right. We're out of time, guys. Um, you know, the... I'll close on this. When, when, um, when Obama made his... When the Obama administration started using drone airstrikes to take out a list of targets that included American nationals, those names were published. The... Um, the Trump administration, we can only take at the same level of word that we took the Obama administration at. To this point in time, what I said earlier is what has been communicated by the Trump administration. And we talk about fake news and, and there was a memo that was leaked that was a draft memo that didn't go anywhere that even the press secretary said this didn't go anywhere. This was something that someone ran up the flagpole and it didn't didn't pass muster. And even though it didn't pass muster, it still got leaked to you guys. And and you know that's the age that we are in now. We're not in the age of oh, here's a list of targets. So I want to thank everybody for being a part of the call. If you liked what you heard, we ask you to blog about us, tell five of your friends, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at EC Conservative. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash front porch political talk. Articles that we talked about, articles that we didn't talk about are on the website at frontporchtalk.net um, along with past episodes. If you didn't like what you heard, you know what? We'll still invite you to join us next week where um, we will probably not have as awkward a silence, but we will have different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night.